Hello everyone. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but this is Soluani Femi, and welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast, where you get the latest and the juiciest tech news in Africa. This is not the face you are expecting to see here, but some something happened, and that thing is not me overthrowing Emmanuel. Emmanuel has to be out of the office today, so I'm filling him in for him. Um, yeah okay and with me here today is bolu and chim gozirin yeah. the huge star boy and it feels weird being on this side well let's do this today we have a number of things to discuss in nigeria outside nigeria in africa and outside africa and we are hoping that you will get all you need to know from um, the africa tech scene from us today so with that to we'll go right into what we have today and the first one we'll be talking about is money 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 fintech fintech is always in our faces and there is a report um telling nigerians how much was made from transfer levies in 2022 yeah fill us in on that okay so um, the FRS, that's the Federal Inland Revenue Service, has announced that they made um, 10.1 trillion naira from taxes throughout 2022. And of the 10.1 trillion naira electronic um, transfer levy, that um, it's good for the amount of money you pay every time you receive a deposit or you receive money above 10,000 naira. So. That's that's about fifteen naira. Although you could get higher than that, depending on how much you receive. So from um, from all those transfers, they made about one twenty five billion naira from all those transfers, and it's um, it's about a ten percent increase from what they did last year. So sorry, not last <laughs> not last in year in, in twenty twenty one. Yes. So the obviously the FRS is or the government is making a lot of money from the amount of money. We pay during transfers. So that's good news, yeah. Yeah, for the Nigerian government, it is. What of is that for the good Nigerian news for people? Nigerians? I guess it's good news for them. Um, so it's it, it so for for one, it's it's evidence that more people are doing online transactions, or even if more people are not doing more transactions, it could also be that um, we are having more transactions or more expensive transactions being done. But to put it in context, um, four million plus people got their BVNs last year, and um, that's that that shows at least four million extra people because you cannot have you cannot get the new BVN if you already had one before. So yeah. that means four million extra people open bank accounts. Yeah, and possibly are using did, um, yeah. They said that USSD POS mm. or are using electronic need, internet yeah. banking or yeah. mobile banking. That's good, that's good. And there was an increase in VAT, right? I think 7.5%, right? So it seems it's not going to deter people from using um, electronic transfer or any form of online transfers. Yes, so the way I see increments like that is how much is it and how much of an inconvenience is it compared to maybe going to the bank and standing in a queue? It's really not a lot. 
and uh, uh, like how many Nigerians even get to do transactions? Like, heavy? so if you're doing ten thousand naira, your is is like fifteen naira. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the charges you pay or that the person receiving pays. So, well, except a businessman, and you are making really high transactions, you your what you're paying is not a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, do you think um, agency banking contributed to this in any way? Possibly, possibly. So I typically use agency banking for withdrawals. I don't know if people are using it for deposits yes, yes, or transfers. Deposits. I know people do it. Maybe people who do not really have bank accounts or something like that. They probably do, but it's very possible. Right? Um, I mean, um, Tim Abt recorded a huge increase in the amount that they processed um, just last year. So it's very, very possible that across board, I can't remember the numbers from NIBS, but um, the like there was also an increase in the number of online transactions last year as well. So that's definitely like that definitely ties into why they made a lot more money. So I think it just makes sense encourage more people to use online transactions and then tax it. It makes more sense. Let's hope it gets better both on the citizens and Nigerian government. So moving away yeah. from that, we want to talk about a Nigerian startup that is going global or that has gone global, right? Mm -hmm. In the past week, um, Kuda Bank expanded to Pakistan. I just want to know why. <laughs> Bolu. All right. So um, Kuda's expansion, I think firstly, it's something that, I don't know, I, I think it's quite laudable for them to... Um, be able to make that expansion because it was dependent on the possibility of getting um, the license, which from the news we had was is something very difficult to get. Like which license? Yeah, the banking license for Pakistan. Pakistan, yeah, okay. That they get from the Pakistan. Um, Pakistan government. Yeah. So it was interesting that they were able to get it because there were even more established commercial banks. Mm. That were trying, that were vying for, you know, that license, yeah, and I think the license only, they only gave five of them out, right? Yeah. And it's interesting that um, a Nigerian startup was one of the, you know, start, um, a Nigerian fintech was one of, you know, the new banks that were able to get it. So, and they were very strategic about, you know, how they went about getting it. So they had to partner, they made a partnership with some. Um, organizations there in Pakistan mm -hmm. and I think through them that was how they were able to get um, so, that license. So what's the interest in Pakistan? So for me um, I think an opportunity presented itself you know, for them to make that move right and you know a lot of people say you've not you know you're still facing a lot of backlash yeah, here in Nigeria yeah, you get and it's, 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 it's normal for startups to get that kind of reaction because mm -hmm. you're expected to like be laser focused on a particular market and yes. conquer that market. Yes, and even into after their re uh, latest uh, raise, I think they about 50, something million dollars, you know, they said it will be geared towards um, expanding within Africa. Africa. So now they are, they didn't even wait in Africa. You know, the first expansion was it's not even in Africa, <laughs> they went all the way to Asia. And it's surprising that, you know, they made that kind of move. But, you know, when, when you look at it, you know, back and forth, you just, it's clear because um, I also got wind of the fact that, you know, they've been making some investments in Pakistan. So maybe they saw the opportunity. Variable markets. Yes. Uh, maybe they have a, like a financial inclusion 
challenge yeah, like do, Nigeria. Man, even at that, there's really a lot. Because I'm looking at how one one is uh, how they will compete compete in that market with local. I think providers. I think, I think they will be able to compete because when you look at it, um, you know, when you look at the old news, Nigeria actually has some licenses that, you know, Nigeria's you know financial space when you compare it with that of Pakistan, it's a little bit higher. So I think. Kuda Bank has that advantage because they're already in a place where, you know, um, you know, again, despite the old, because <laughs> Kuda Bank users will probably crucify me for this, but they've been able to at least, let's say, survive here in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And then they are, yeah, and they are surviving in a place where, you know, there, there's um, regulatory, the regulatory foresight, you know, when it comes to finance in Nigeria is still kind of good, mm-hmm. right? Um, the regulators understand, you know, where you know where the problems are. So, Pakistan is just doing those things, right? They are just starting to do those things. So it so makes sense right. that an some, entry. yes, someone that has already done it in a country where they have these regulations in place already, you know, someone that has survived there is now coming to be the pioneer, you know, for for an economy or a country where these regulations are now just put in place right so it's going to be i see it as something that is not going to be like um, a collaboration between the pakistani government and kudabak for example where kudabak you know from what they've seen and witnessed in nigeria they can now put the country the country through Hopefully, uh, hopefully. Well, so let's say the uh, Kuda Bank is taking its, its experience from the Nigerian market exactly, to, Pakistan. to Pakistan. So we wish them well. Wish them yeah, all the we, best. Yeah, we wish them well. But then we also have to consider the fact that in, while they've survived, they've managed to survive in Nigeria, it's not as if they've done it in flying colors. I mean, just judging by Kuda Bank making a Twitter post, right? And then you look at the comments, you know, yeah, they are always under fire. So how do they want to manage, you know, manage making Nigerian customers happy and then making you know well hopefully if they get you know the hopefully are able to start operations in Pakistan uh, would they be able to make those ones happy too or they'll start chopping courses from you know <laughs> on Pakistan. two fronts so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well, I, I wish we, them all the best we wish yeah. them well and there are always internal reasons for making huge steps like this yeah a lot of thoughts have to go yeah. into it and of course, a lot of spending. We have to go into it because you have to hire definitely, a team and definitely. all that. So we wish Kuda the best. From there, we move on to South Africa. Yeah. There's a new development that expects all crypto ads to have a caveat that says... <laughs> that says what? Okay. So um, the Advertising Regulatory Board in South Africa now wants crypto ads to show that... They, they want the crypto ads to tell people... You know the people you are targeting with those crypto ads. Tell them that it is possible for you to lose money if you go into crypto. And Basically, it be. yes, because it's true, right? So in a nutshell, the this body saying if you're advertising anything crypto, make it clear what exactly crypto is. Make it clear what the risk involved is. Make it clear what the consequences is going to be. So um. Um, it's it's more detailed than that, but in a nutshell, that is what they are trying to say. So they are saying things like, um, if you are going to have a um, like an influencer or an ambassador promotes those things, you cannot have those people say um, things like 
you know, things from their own experience, whatever they will be seen has to be factual, right? So because we've seen situations and it's important for them to do that because um, recently we saw in the US where Kim Kardashian made was an Instagram post where she was like, oh, this, this coin, this, this, that, um, is making money, something like that. And then people saw it because she's influential. She mm-hmm. has a lot of following. People saw it and they also invested in it and now they are crying. And right. then the the US government had to say, okay, if you are doing anything like that, let us know. Be factual about it. I was paid to do this. Mm-hmm. You doing, me saying you should do this does not mean it will go, go well for it. you. Yes. So, I think it's it's very important, and um, you know the, it wasn't actually is important to note that it was not um, the advertise the advertising board that is pushing this. It's actually a crypto exchange called Luno mm-hmm. that is pushing this, and yeah, it's good that Luno is doing that. But again, I I feel Luno is this company. I think they are kind of playing Binance. You know, <laughs> Binance has a way of always wanting to make peace with regulators right mm. always drawing Love them close. exactly something like that so i think um yes but yeah. this, is, this is what should be every yes. other day for any financial advice you give no Everyone. matter how experienced you are mm. even in the stock market space you should be able to add the disclaimer yes right? you should because these people some people go into investments with the mind that oh, i'm getting 50x of what I put into back, which which is not, it can happen. It might it not might happen. happen. You exactly. get, but the kind of assurance that some influencers give, like like use my promo code and blah blah blah, yeah. and <laughs> you put your money and it's gone with the air. So uh, this is what should actually be for mm-hmm. any kind of financial advice you are giving to people because these are people's hard earned money. money. And then Even though they tell you not to put your spare money into investment, people will still put their tomorrow's food I'm, I'm money inside investment. You will never learn, <laughs> but, but that, that is what should be at. And um, I, I'm just looking forward to our government, African government, especially, would fall, enforce this and make sure it goes through. Because I remember, um, Afcon was held last year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Afcon is the football, yes, African. Okay. <laughs> I don't follow, <laughs> oh, but, and it, it was funny to I'm see that. Me, that many um, crypto um, platforms I were advertised. Was an headline. Yes, headline sponsors. Like, and no African government is supporting, as in, have accepted or have embraced crypto. Well, 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 but they allow these companies to advertise I on sideboards, on pitches. It's not the government that's in charge of that. Like, the, the government is not directly. So, you know the way our governments are. Mm-hmm. So CBN is doing that thing. SEC is doing that thing. Ministry mm-hmm. of Youth and Sports. Ministry of Sports. Like everybody is doing different things. But it's an African um, tournament. Yeah, but the when I want to apply as a headline sponsor for AFCON, I'm not going to the CBN. I'm going to the Ministry of Sports. So but they should the know Ministry what of is acceptable of, in that care. country what they want is a sponsor you give them you give them money they don't care what your CBN well, is doing. they can't stop they can't stop them and and when it comes to crypto um, african governments and crypto nigeria for example how I, I define the relationship as love it relationship you know <laughs> uh, we will see them say this today tomorrow they are saying Maybe it's a good way. Well, we'll look into it. So it's usually bass boost. So if you're listening to this, uh, whenever anybody gives you a financial advice, 
take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Right. You're not telling you you will get your money it's back. It's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, too it good is, to be true. <laughs> it's too good to be true. So we move away, f- move away from that. As the usual is, every January of every year, right, we start yeah. seeing figures flying all over the place about how much African startups or startups raised in the previous year is done o- all over the world. Different continents have their data, and Africa's data is out. Although there are there are um, variations in different figures that different platforms are re- releasing. But mm. there's an interesting fact in this report, and that is the fact that Kenya is leading other African countries when it comes to debt financing. So Shibuzi, this is what you're going to tell us, right? You're going to tell us um, what we are used to actually is VC funding, right? Mm-hmm. for african startups mm-hmm. yep. right but now debt financing is taking is is, is gaining pace mm-hmm. right so what is debt financing when it comes to investing in african startups thank you for that wonderful question that's oh, a very good oh, question Lord, right? stop it right standing like traditional media but yeah uh, so debt financing just like the name says is basically getting a loan from a debt provider that is that simple so, with interest, you're going to yeah. pay back with interest. Yeah. So, um, if you want to lend your opinion, wh- why would you think people would go more for um, debt financing finance. than VC funding in okay. Kenya, actually? Yeah, so it's not just Kenya, right? Kenya leads, uh, mm-hmm. but Egypt, yeah, I think Egypt is second, then Nigeria and South Africa, third and fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, debt finance, so debt, you know the way debt works. If I get a hundred million naira loan from you, I, the, the, the tenure might be two, three years. And at the end of three years, I give you your money with your interest and you leave me. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I, if I get, if I give you equity in exchange for a share, sorry, if I give you equity in exchange for your money in my company, um, you're with me for life. Mm-hmm. So if you begin to move mad tomorrow, it's, it's difficult to kick you away. But if it's dead, I can just say, okay, don't worry. Let's just manage this guy for three for the next three years. And the truth is that debt, debt financiers will not, they do not care about what happens. They just That's need their money, their money and their interest. Yes, it's that simple. They're so they would only in your, whatever yeah. way but you run your company. They don't come. But what, what, what of a situation where, you know, we've seen companies that don't exactly make profit, or try to make profit or make revenue for some time, mm-hmm. right? Will companies like that also like, would debt financing be good for them? Because you might have to, there are companies where you have to like operate for, yeah, say you're into biomeds or things like that, you know, or even well, a company like OpenAI, for example. Where so OpenAI would most like, would definitely not get debt financing, financing, except they get a multi-year debt, which uh, I don't know how that would work. They could get a multi-year debt, but it's, it just doesn't make any sense for um, for the lender really. Because it's a very risky venture. What what happens if your if your AI plans never work? Mm. But um, a let's say a, I'm trying to think of a okay. So a relief, for example, that builds like what they are doing. They build a they build like tech that they use to process these pump canals, and then they use it process the pump canals, and then they sell. Right? Mm. They would need working capital to fund something like that. Yeah. So you can fund them. And then you know that, oh, maybe after a year, they're able to recover their money. Mm-hmm. So based on this, I can get, right. I can, I can get my yeah. money back. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fintech startup that you're a payment processor, right, why would I give you debt? Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. For what? What do you want to do? So I use and do marketing, right? So I need to <laughs> be sure. Developers. Why are developers? <laughs> right? So I need to be sure that just the same way banks you ask you, okay, can I see your projections for the next one year? Hmm. I need to be very very sure that your projections are grounded in reality. Is there is there a case where in the future where interest in VC funding with with like doing do so no. much? No, I don't see I don't that. Know. I don't see the that money future. Sounds like dash money. No. It's not. So that's a, that's the mentality. That that's the mentality people have. It's not. So the thing is, you do not. When you take my money, I don't know if you've lent somebody. Like I don't know if you've paid somebody school fees before, or you've given someone money to do you've something. You're entitled to their life. You're entitled to like you must pass. Wait, I give you fifty k, and you said in that fifty k, why are you telling me that the money wasn't enough? That is what you told me you need. You told me you need 50k. I gave yeah. 50k. So why are you telling me money wasn't enough, right? So it's I am I am investing in you. I'm investing in your potential. Usually at the early stages, I'm investing in your potential, right? I'm not dashing you money. That's the truth. I think that's that's what a lot of founders or maybe a lot of people who see all the the stories mm-hmm. in the media, they just think, oh, is is that money, bro? They never made the use FTC to find you. And, and, and I remember okay, we just, um, okay, yeah. before we spent time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, let, uh, we, 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 we used a lot of time. And yeah. if you need more insight into what this report are, you can check our website for that. I will drop a link in the description. Thank you for joining us in today's. Um, um, for today's episode, and I would like to inform us of uh, we have two new and <laughs> very new newsletters that are very very focused. One is focused on the fintech space, and another is focused on the workspace. So there is the workspace. Uh, we'll drop a link for both in the description. But the work um, newsletter is. Named the workaholic. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, yeah? <laughs> and the other one is FinTech Today. We'll drop a link in the description if you need the latest news and trend on FinTech in Africa uh, and in the world as it concerns Africa. If you also want to learn about latest trend in talent acquisition, in employment, in HR, in labor, labor laws, and everything in between, you should also subscribe to the workaholic the oh, yeah. workaholic we'll drop a link in the description um bolu for uh the podcast list post don't worry about, uh, uh, <laughs> for I, the podcast <laughs> listeners where can they get all right um, yes uh for podcast listeners you can always find us on google podcast apple Podcasts, spotify hat radio and anywhere else you get your podcast thank you for sticking with us and we bye. say our advice bye, bye. bye.